message today is in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10. Very familiar story, probably to most of you. We're going to title this today, Only a Few Things. Only a few things are necessary. We are going to look at the story of Mary and Martha and Jesus. The setting is this, Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 38. They were traveling along a certain village. They entered a certain village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. How many like to be welcomed into into a home, invited? And she had a sister called Mary, who moreover was listening to the the Lord's word seated at his feet. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has let me do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. (laughs) But the Lord answered and said to Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered by so many things. But only a few things are necessary, really only one. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Lord, may this word come alive. Take this word into our hearts. Help us to take it into our hearts. Help us to apply it to our lives. Help us to be doers of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm not against workers. The Lord's not against Martha. We need worker bees, right? We need be be working, be working. But at this particular time, in this setting, Jesus was more interested about those whose hearts were open toward him and listening to what he had to say. Mary makes the choice to sit at the feet of Jesus, which upset her sister. And sometimes when you do things as unto the Lord, sometimes you're misunderstood. Not all many have been there. And maybe... There's some misunderstandings even in your own family. But the story is a classic. Jesus was in the house. And if I know Jesus is in the house, we need to be attentive to him. We need to make sure we are giving him our full attention to what he would have to say to us. And so our prayer life and our waiting on the Lord ought to be more like this. I know there's things that we want to share with the Lord, and it's good and it's okay, and you need to do that. There's things you need to get off your heart and cast your cares on Him. But there's another level, there's another avenue here, and that is what is it the Lord would say to you and I? We will take the time to listen toward Him and give Him His attention. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3.1, there's an appointed time for everything and there is a time for every event under heaven. 
How many times have you maybe waited and you waited and waited, and sometimes it's kind of run your patience a little thin? And so we wait some more and we wait some more. And someone told me when we were in the building program a few years ago, this, one of my pastor friends told me this, sometimes you have delays and we come to know and call them divine delays, which is in a way a perspective putting it in. God has his perfect timing. And I remember when we were building the church and, and, and Horton was one of the guys on the roof with me putting down shingles, and it was about getting into deer season. And, you know, the guys want to go hunt deer. They don't want to be monking around on the roof. And so uh, Horton, he, he kind of he saved, saved my day, saved my uh, roof, the church, that year. God gave us, uh, we almost finished it before it snowed, but then God gave us a warm-up, and then we were able to finish, thanks to Jesus. And so we were done for, fun, done for the winter. We were... It was like, that was enough. You can take the rest of the winter and just rest in the Lord. How many know that God has a rhythm? If you'll notice, in Minnesota, there's a rhythm. There's season, four seasons. And we're approaching, we're on the, well, the verge. We're still on fall. We're still in fall. But we know what's around the corner. There are seasons. There's change. There's things that happen. Sometimes in life, we don't know exactly for sure what the season may be going on in our life. Maybe we try to figure it out. Maybe we try to analyze it. But what would Jesus say to you and I today, looking at our world and its situation? What would Jesus say to the situation that we're living in right now? What would he say to us? I know he said before, don't be afraid. He said very often to his disciples, do not fear. When the disciples were getting upset about Jesus talking about leaving, Jesus had to help them understand it was to their advantage that he left because the Holy Spirit would come and be within them and comfort them and direct them and teach them. Number one, only a few things are necessary. Really only one boils it down from a few things what are the things that we really need in this life? What does the Bible say about what we really need? If we have food and clothing, right? If we have food and clothing, we can be content. Can we? I don't know. Sometimes we may wonder, is this all there is? But I've thought lately, <coughs> wow. The Lord has given to us, I'm referring to me, given to me more than I deserve. God has blessed me. How do I know that? Because if you look at other people in the world, they have a lot less than most people in this country. They live on a lot less. Or they live in uh, harsher circumstances. And so we have to count our blessings. But number one, it's easy to get distracted. And then let me ask you the question, what is it that distracts us? What is it that distracts you and I? What is it that takes our attention 
away from the Lord. What is it that is in life? We could probably start to list a whole lot of things about schedules, about responsibilities, about having a cold and a cough. and having to cough during your sermon. It's a distraction. But listen, our distraction is up to us. You and I are the only one that can take control with the help of the Lord. Sometimes the workload is overwhelming. Sometimes the pace that are, we're facing begin to mount up. And I had one of those spells, let's call it a spell, a little meltdown this week. And when I begin to list the projects, I'm finding out there's only so much time in a week. And then there was another appointment that was scheduled somewhere and it threw me into a little bit of a disarray. I began to think, how am I going to get all this done and keep up the pace? And so this is, this is where we get into trouble. When you begin to look at your project or look at your schedule and begin to think in your own strength, you begin to lean on your own arm of the flesh, then you begin to become troubled. Then you become worried. And so as Martha was distracted (coughs) with all her preparations, she was trying to make everything perfect because after all, Jesus wanted the house to be perfect indeed, right? You think Jesus is really more concerned about our house inside of us than the physical house that you and I live in? I know it's a good thing in the to keep the house, it's a very good thing. To keep the place in, in order. But there is a time and place when nothing else matters. You see, we've, we, this happens on holidays, too. Remember when we're just preparing all the good stuff to put on the table? And you almost, like, are glad when it's all over with so you can rest, right? You kind of... You, you have this idea of what it's going to be like. You have this memories, and it's a good thing, and all the traditions, what it's going to taste like. But really, the most important thing is that we're spending time with each other, spending time with family, spending time fellowshipping. And so the Lord, she had, he admonishes Mary as choosing the good part, the good part. He says there's only really a few things that are necessary. What is it that would keep us happy even if things were taken away? What is it that would would be your anchor if things were taken out of your life? Would you be happy because you have the Lord? It's a test for us. We think about those who gave their lives, persecuted, were persecuted for their faith. We think about those who went to faraway places and found themselves... Uh, in, in trouble and lost their lives for the faith. We read through the Bible in Hebrews chapter 11 and it talks about those who walked by faith, 
those who didn't even get to get to the promised land, but yet they walked by faith. They kept on, and then it gets on to Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Since we have so great a cloud of witnesses, since those people who walked in faith have went before us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of faith, who with the joy set before me endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I don't know about you, but I like to travel light when I travel. And I don't like to travel even that much. But I like to take one small bag and have the bare necessities. Right? <clears throat> My wife will tell, tell, you, tell you that. Well, I don't know why it is, but it just... I just like to travel light. <clears throat> I don't like to have to lug something through the, the, the places to get in line and get to the airport and on and on it goes. And so uh, I, get, I, get rid, I, get, I get persecuted to a degree. Is that the only shirt you brought? You know? And I go, oh my goodness, <clears throat> I'm in trouble. What is it that makes us happy? How many remember when you had kids? Yeah. They made you happy, right? I hope they made you happy. But did you ever remember watching VeggieTales with them? Some of you may not have been in that season when the VeggieTales was on, but maybe you, as grandparents, you got to watch VeggieTales. How many remember Madame Blueberry? That was a classic. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you'll have to look it up. It's just to think she, she wanted more stuff, right? And then the other character said, well, you don't really need that. Yeah, but I want it. And there's where we, there's where we have to make a decision. Is more stuff going to make us happier? Maybe for a while. So all of a sudden, that stuff, Madame Blueberry's whole house was built on a tree. It was a tree house, and you remember how that whole thing become overloaded and top heavy, and it started to bend, it started to sway. Remember that picture? It bowed way over to boink. The house, whoop. Everything went whoop, flying into the distance. And she sat there crying with her stuff, sat there, you know, it's, not about stuff. You can have stuff. It's okay to have stuff. But what the Bible's really getting at it, let, don't let the stuff have you. Don't let the stuff be the one that's in charge. The stuff will just, just no one is going to go uh, to heaven with stuff. Nothing we're going to take with us. So it's like, what is it that Maybe we're letting things distract us, become a weight to us. We have to run the race and throw it off, throw it aside. We have to sort out our priority, which leads me to the next point. It starts with D. The first one was distracted. second one is devotion. I'm going to try to stay with three Ds here. 
So bear with me. Devotion. What is devo- What in the world? We, we hear the word, word devotions. Devotions. It's a good thing. It's a time when you and the Lord spend. You may read, you may read scripture. May, you may read uh, books on scripture. Some way you're spending time, a quiet time, listening to the Lord. It's very scriptural. It's very healthy spiritually, especially in the day of busyness. Sessy, so we can find a place, and we figure out putting things in view. In the new, in the early church, they didn't have the Bible like we have today. They may have, they had places they gathered, and they would come together. In Acts two forty-two, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. They were showing up to what we would know as church, but they were coming to a small group. They were fellowshipping with, with the teaching and the breaking of bread and, and to prayer. There was, it, was not a, it was not a bless me club. It was, it was a time to grow in their faith so that they could go out and then <clears throat> preach the word and, and live the word amongst their fellow men and people around in the community. Why was it so important? To the Lord. Why was it so important to the Lord? And it almost seemed like the Lord didn't care about Martha. Because Martha asked the question to Jesus, don't you care that I'm doing all the work? Have you ever felt like no one really cares, I'm doing all this work and no one really notices it? The Lord notices your work. He's he absolutely, there's reward for your work. But our work needs to be in perspective as we're doing it as unto the Lord. We're not doing it to be noticed by men, but we're doing it as unto the Lord. And so that's what makes, that's what lightens our load. All of a sudden, it's not, I'm not serving myself, but I'm serving the Lord. And so Jesus had to square things up, so to speak. He answers in verse 41, Martha, Martha. I wonder why he used her name twice. Martha, Martha. Like, are you listening? Martha, you're so busy, so distracted. She was not in a position to hear him. I don't think the Lord wastes his time if we're not in a position to hear. He knows when we need, he knows what it takes to get us in a position to hear him. He knows like Moses when he was in the wilderness, all of a sudden Moses turned aside. Why? Well, he had a miracle going on. It was a burning voice that wasn't burning up. What in the world? What in the world? What in the world? And then God spoke. Isn't it interesting? How important it is to our Lord that he gets our attention. It's very important. And so devotion, I, I like to use the word devotion. It, it's, it ties together with devotional. We can have devotions, but we need to also be devoted. 
devoted, meaning we'll take this into the workplace. We'll take this into our family. This devotions that I had, the, the, that I read this morning, it, it needs to somehow come out in another place that I share it with someone else who may be going through something. Devotion is a choice. It's an attitude. A devotional is time spent with you and the Lord, but devotion goes the next step further where it becomes our lifestyle. It becomes who we are. It becomes our DNA in us, the Lord in us. And so Jesus says these words to Mary or to Martha. You are worried and bothered by so many things. Just think about this for a moment. If you choose to look at the news, you can't help but get worried and bothered by so many things. And we're not going to stick our heads in the sand and say it doesn't exist. But what, what's going to keep us going? What's going to keep us from driving, driving us crazy? It's going to be our time spent with the Lord. Because we're going to have to be strong in the last days. Because we're, I believe the church is going to be going through some persecution. I'm not saying that to scare you. But I, I want us to be built up. My job is to encourage you in your faith so that you're equipped. So that you have the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God working in your life. Because your time with the Lord is, 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 should be top of the list. And I know I struggle sometimes. My life gets busy. I don't always get my devotions in. But I try to keep devoted. At least keep devoted. And take the Lord with me. Talk to the Lord along the way. I know some of you guys have really strict, uh, rigid schedules. It's crazy. Life can get crazy. And you can kind of find yourself trying to stay above water, so to speak. Grab some air. If it's a few minutes, a minute. If it's a few, 30 seconds, just take a moment. Start calling on the Lord. Start thanking him. Start looking to him. Start saying, Lord, I need you. Lord, now I know. I know. <clears throat> I know. I can't do this on my own. So... Devotion. First was being distracted. Second, devotion. And third, I had to think a while. What could I come up with? It starts with D. And so I, I'm just going to throw it out. Distinguishing. I don't use that word hardly at all. Distinguishing. Well, that's quite distinguished. The word itself sounds pretty, pretty distinguished. Pretty cool-like. But what does it mean? It comes down to what I think is figuring out our priorities. Discerning could have been another word. Discerning what is, what is God's will for you. Martha wanted Mary to be like her. And maybe Mary wanted Martha to be like her. And it, when I was in college, I would compare myself to the 
preacher that came every, you know, a new one every day in the chapel service, a new speaker, a guest speaker, sometimes it was on the staff. And I go, oh, if I could only preach like they could, maybe I'd have a chance. And I found myself getting caught in the trap. Oh, if I only had the gifts and the skills that that person had, then maybe I'd be successful. How many know that don't, that don't work? That was not what God intended for you and I to be or do, was to compare ourselves to one another. For you are built with your gifts and your talents and your, your personality. God wants to use you and who you are worth to you. And so just get over it. Be yourself. Be yourself. Not to mean that we shouldn't try or try to exercise to get to a different level with the Lord or the things or of a talent or whatever you may be trying to pursue, but just to serve. Let's put things in perspective. Let's put it down what really matters. And it's really what really matters is that we choose Jesus in every area of our life. If we want Jesus to be in our family, then we, we're on the right track. If we want Jesus to be blessing our home, blessing our children, we begin to believe and think that way. You begin to, to, to take the blessing of God with you to wherever you go. You make things better because the blessing of God is in you. All of a sudden, things begin to look up because God's blessings are on you. You're like a Joseph who was sold into to slavery and then ends up in the, in the jail, and then he ends up and finally he gets to a certain level with the king, and he's tested. And Joseph found himself having to run from false accusation and... Yet he became the savior, so to speak, of his family. When the, when, the, when the crisis hit, when the famine hit, and there was no more food, and his family had to come down to Egypt. He could have got revenge. Big time. Yeah, he played with them a little bit, but he, he broke at one point in that whole story, he broke, found himself not able to contain his emotion. He had to go find a place to just cry his heart out. You see, there's some things that we're better off to forgive with the help of the Lord and to hang on to. I believe with all my heart that there are some things we can only forgive except for the Lord. Some things that we can only get healing or get peace through except by the Lord. And so as Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, and you just imagine Jesus looking into her eyes, speaking the words. You don't know what she said, what he said, I'm sure it was very good. And that she felt like she was valuable, that felt that she could go on in her life, felt like she had, had, had more than she could ever deserve, being with, that the Lord took time for her. 
And Jesus said, only a few things are necessary. And I go back to this question, what really makes us happy? What is it that really fulfills us in, the, in this life? There's nothing in this life that will fulfill us completely except Jesus living in our hearts. To have the question settled in our hearts, knowing that our sins are forgiven and that we're on our way to heaven. If we end up with just a suitcase in the end of life, and that's all we have, and I've heard this testimony somewhere, there was a certain missionary that all they had by the time they got to the end of the life, they could fit it all in one little suitcase. That's all they had. Yet they had so much awaiting. Yet they were so happy because they were doing the work of the Lord. And so it doesn't really matter, does it, so much? Just temporal things of this life, may they not begin to hold me back. May they not become a distraction, but they may become just tools. May, we be, may our homes be a place for our families or for friends to come, to be a part of. May it be a place of fellowship. It doesn't take much to have church. It doesn't take buildings to have church. It just takes people, people, people in ordinary situations, people who meet sometimes in other places. They're meeting underground or they're meeting in hidden way places because of persecution. They still have church because Jesus is building his church. And they can't take it out of your heart. They can't take it out of your heart. They can't take Jesus out of your heart. And so I'm encouraging us today. What has what is got us weighed down? What is, what's got us afraid today? What's got us thinking about? We're a little distracted. We get a little discouraged sometimes. Sometimes we wonder why, God, you're allowing this to happen to me in my life. This doesn't make sense, and there's many things in life that we'll wonder about. We'll, we'll want to know why, God, why, why, why this? Could it be that there is a season? A season is a period of time. A season. Thank God that it's just a season. You may not feel like you're... I know how the enemy plays on us. We not feel like we're worthy of anything from the Lord. We're not feeling like we deserve anything. Let's try to get through that. Turn it around. He is worthy. I'll guarantee when you begin to think about how much he's done for you on the cross through the resurrection, forgiveness of sin, you cannot help but want to bow down and worship and cry out. How much he's given, how much he's been so good to you, how much, and we boil it all down, there's only one thing that matters. 
really only one is that we know Jesus. That we hear his voice, sing that song we sang earlier. He's worthy of it all. And we'll close in prayer, but let's 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 get into this thinking of how worthy he is, how much he deserves, all the praise, all the adoration. Now Jesus just begin to lift you up, set you free.